Oh, we got a special guest on the podcast today? Yep. Anthony Rinaldi. Anthony Rinaldi. <laughs> Don't know what I'm doing. Haven't special done. guest, episode 51. I haven't done this since 2018, brother. I don't know what's going on. It was, it's been since last year. Mr. Rinaldi. On the episode. On the Dab Podcast. This is the Dab Podcast. Hosted by Andrew Romanella and Anthony Rinaldi. Ladies and gentlemen, I don't know what this is coming down through the audience. It looks like it just came out of the basement. It's showtime. Uh. Yeah, feel it, eh? Oh, yeah. Welcome in, ladies and gentlemen. Dab Podcast, episode 51. Bringing you a different groove to this week's episode. Feeling good. We're back together. I'm excited. Andrew Romanella, my partner, Anthony Rinaldi. Andrew, how the hell are you, brother? Haven't seen you. Haven't heard from you. Haven't talked sports with my man since last year. Yeah, man, I miss you. I feel like it's been. It's been. I feel like it's been a whole year on hiatus. Got to give the people what they want. The people missed you. No, I don't think they did. They missed you. Rome Solo is taking off, folks. It's 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 a mere that it's a podcast mere with special go, special special co-host Anthony Rinaldi. <laughs> yeah, so, sometimes Anthony Rinaldi. So it's a special so it's a special episode for you, ladies and gentlemen, listening. And hopefully, you're listening on Apple, on Spotify, on Google, or wherever you listen to your favorite podcast. And when you're done with it, you hit it with a five star. And then uh, obviously, head over to the social medias and give us a shout out: Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. <laughs> Social media, bitch. It's at Dab Podcast on all of those. And then, of course, whatever you need, dabpodcast.com. We got articles coming out. And then, of course, you can go there and go ahead and buy some of that Dab Podcast gear as well. All right, man. Well, we would need about five, maybe six episodes before we could actually finish talking about what's happened since the last time we sat next to each other in podcasts. So we're going to keep it to what's happened recently since the last time we podcast and for me on top of my mind is the college football national championship game and wow clemson 44 to 16 did you see that coming bully beatdown style andrew no i did not see that coming bananas were probably on alabama in my case oops i missed the boat i didn't think clemson was going to come out swinging as hard as they did they punched alabama right in the mouth and you saw Alabama had a glass chin. And they hit the floor. They never got up. First half, it was over. It put up 28 points in the first quarter. Clemson did. And they coasted the rest of the way. And Alabama had no answers. A lot of people probably lost bananas on Alabama the other night. I really do think that. Because for some reason, going into this football game, nobody seems to believe that the Clemson Tigers are on the level of being able to beat Alabama. But what people forget is what Dabo Sweeney and that program have done. They have established themselves as the same tier as Nick Saban in Alabama. Listen to this, Anthony. 
Since 2015, Clemson is 55-4, and four, as well as Alabama. Clemson has two national titles, so does Alabama. And in that amount of time, both offenses, Clemson scored 2295 2,295 points, and Alabama scored 2,311 points. Mere identical programs. A mere 16 points separates these two programs. But it's, I mean, that's that's an interesting stat you got there. You know, ACC, you know, Clemson plays in the ACC. A lot of interesting programs out of that, you know, conference. Alabama plays SEC football. So, uh, you know, stats can go either way, but I have to agree with you. But you saw it last night. There was probably, what, eight to ten first-round picks playing in that game last night. And not to mention Trevor Lawrence, Tua Tungvaluwa. Those cats can't even come out yet. You know, they still have a year, two years eligibility in college before they can even think about you know, sniffing the pros. So I think you're really going to – you really can't complain. That game last night was, I mean, that first quarter was fantastic. Back and forth, you know, that, that first pick, six to the house. At first, I thought we were getting offensive points galore. And I didn't know, at least when I first started watching that football game, if Clemson even came close to having an answer on defense for what Alabama was going to do offensively. And then for some crazy reason, Alabama really stopped running the football, stopped trying to run the football. And I felt like because Tua was playing outside of his normal game, it forced the entire team, including the coaching staff, to play outside their normal game, and the whole script changed for them. And to, to Clemson's credit, I mean, in, in the first quarter, for Trevor Lawrence to come out, throw the football like he did, but for for the defense to have a pick six and then another interception, between those two picks, they returned the ball for over 80-plus yards, 14 points off of those turnovers on defense. And I think that that's the game-changer because – even though at that moment in time your defense couldn't stop Alabama in their first two drives, it didn't matter because your defense proved that they could force Alabama into some turnovers, and Alabama had no answer for the Clemson offense. What did what did we always say about uh, Alabama going back to last week? I know you had you talked to Rob Tomo about it, and uh, your and your last Rome solo jump off, and you know. What team, Ohio State or Oklahoma, could put up the points that would match, you know, an Alabama offense that puts up so many points? Well, folks, I want to mention a name that's going to be a hot commodity after this, you know, college football run, and that's Brett Venables, the coordinator from Clemson. 100%. That dude dialed up play after play, and that stifled Tua. And you can see it. I mean, he he was staring down. he, He was doing your typical freshman mistakes, staring down receivers, you know, not picking up blitzes, and this Clemson's defense without their star, without Dexter Lawrence. I believe they Dexter Lawrence, right? Yep. I mean, Alabama put up sixteen points. Right. But you saw them kind of like you said, not running the ball anymore. Sure. They, they were chasing points. Yeah. They, I mean, they Clemson don't put up twenty eight in the first, you know, first half. Right. I think they had thirty one in the first half. Whatever right. it was by the end of the second quarter. So you're like, oh my, Alabama just got punched in the mouth. They really didn't have an answer, and like I said, just. Keep a lookout. Brent Venables, he's going to be hired as a head coach either in college, somewhere along the line, he's going to get a job because Dabo Sweeney. And, and, the, and the, performance. the pressure was impressive and, and the way they dialed up, the way they disguised it. And 
you wondered who was going to be able to beat that Alabama team. Well, if you think about what Kyler Murray was able to do, Kyler Murray put up a lot of points against that Alabama team. Now, I get it. They were playing from down 28 after the first quarter in that semifinal game. I get that that's a different animal and you play defense differently. But at the end of the day, Kyler Murray was able to exploit the Alabama secondary for the most part. And that's what I'm curious about moving forward because Trevor Lawrence is the quarterback at Clemson for the next two years. And that guy's a stud. Tua Tagovailoa, even though he just lost his first game, remember that, people, only just lost his first game in college football, okay? So we have to remember that he's still a good freaking quarterback, right? But those two guys are back next year, right? And you would assume two after one, he goes to the NFL, Trevor after two. You have no idea, though. We'll see how that plays out. Either way, how do you turn those teams over after you have so many NFL draft picks? Well, that's what Alabama experienced this year. Yes. Was Alabama a good freaking football team? Yes. Do they have top talent? Yes. But that secondary was a first, second round draft pick secondary last year for Alabama. They lost all of those guys. Well, what did Clemson do? They beat Alabama vertically. They threw the ball everywhere. That that dude, Ross, who, by the way, is from Alabama, a true freshman, the true freshman connection, unreal. ETN, the running back, three touchdowns in the first half. They did whatever they wanted, but it started with the vertical threat, Trevor Lawrence being able to throw the football over the top of that secondary. And it goes back to why in week four to week five, Dabo Sweeney decided, hey, Kelly Bryant, we really appreciate what you've done for us, but it's Trevor Lawrence's car moving forward. And I think you just hit it on the head with the the defensive backs for Alabama really kind of let the the team down, but that was really one of the weaknesses of that program. And... You saw a big difference when Alabama lost Christian Miller, uh, the, the the linebacker. That front seven for Alabama, you know, they have stars up and down that front seven. And you saw, you know, Alabama doesn't play, didn't play particularly hard schedule, but you saw it the last three times they play. Who they play? They played a, a Georgia. Who was their quarterback? Jake Fromm, pretty good quarterback. Torched them. Right? You just mentioned the Oklahoma. Kyler Murray put up three hundred plus yards. Right. Torched them. Trevor, Trevor Lawrence, Lawrence, dude. 300, <laughs> what, 337 yards like that? Three touchdowns sunshine. last night? The other night? Sunshine. <laughs> he's out in the quad. Sunshine. He's out in the California. He's out in the quad right now doing yoga. <laughs> Chai all, the, tea. all the girls Chai are tea. loving sunshine right now. He's, he's in the club killing it right now. But you see, I mean, what Alabama was faced with, if they didn't get a pass rush, and it was a tale of both offensive versus defensive lines, because you can say the same thing about Alabama's offensive line. They they did not see a, a force like those guys from Clemson. Who those four guys from Clemson probably going to be top ten picks. All four of them will be top ten picks come April in the draft. And you think about it too. This is the fourth year they've met, so there is familiarity on that line, and that's why I can't believe and and more so than ever do I want to know about the way Dabo Sweeney works his program because. First off, the way the kids and these players look like they love and enjoy playing at Clemson and for Dabo Sweeney is through the roof. But secondly, the schemes that his coaching staff comes up with, the way that their team is prepped and organized, they had one penalty in that game, Anthony. One penalty for 12 measly yards. That's how you beat Alabama. You play sound football. You win at all three facets of the game. Offense, defense, special teams. You win the turnover battle, and you play mirror as close to flawless football as possible. And they did that, led by Dabo Sweeney. And I thought 
after the game, he was interviewed by Tom Rinaldi, and it's it's about Uncle a Uncle Tom. All right, buddy. It's a four and a half minute interview. We're not going to give it to all you all, but we're going to give you a little you bit of it. You can find it. You can find it, folks. Because Dabo Sweeney was very awesome. It's just a, it's a blessing, and, I, and I, it's just simply the grace of the good Lord to allow us to experience something like this. And I'm so happy for our team, our fans, our administration, our former players that love the ball, and uh, and you know. There ain't never been a 15-0 team, and I know we're not supposed to be here. We're just little old Clemson, and I'm not supposed to be here, but we are, and I am. And I, how about them Tigers, man? I'm so proud of our guys, these seniors. We beat Notre Dame and Alabama. We left no doubt, and we walk off this field tonight as the first 15-0 team in, in college football history. And uh, all the credit, all the glory goes to the good Lord, number one. And number two, to these young people, when you get a young group of people that believe, are passionate, they love each other, they sacrifice, they're committed to, to, to a singleness of purpose, you better look out. Great things can happen, and that's what you saw tonight. After four- are you kidding me? Man's a genius. Man is an absolute coaching genius, Andrew. That was a performance for the ages. Like you said earlier, I mean, they came out the gate swinging. They took Alabama to the mat. And, I mean, Dabo, listen, Saban's the GOAT, but Dabo Sweeney, two titles out of the last three years, right, for Clemson. So he's charging hard. He's built up that program. They have enough equity. And you see it, you know, Trevor Lawrence coming back. Justin Ross coming back. ETN coming back. I believe that dude, even Higgins. He's six. They're both, him and Ross, both six foot four (laughs) wide outs on the outside. I'm sure Hunter Renfro will find a way to come back. (laughs) Yeah. I think he's a he should be a doctor by now. Yeah, right. He's been in the league since 2008. He's I like mean, he's like Mac from Syracuse. Oh, he's still knocking down jump shots for Seth, from J- Jimmy Bayheim. It's yeah, crazy, right? Foul line jumpers. But it's I mean, I, I obviously folks get ready because it's going to be Alabama Clemson next year for the for the, for the title round five. Just buckle up now. Let's get ready for it. You know Alabama's going to retool. Nick Saban doesn't like to be embarrassed on national on the national stage, and he was. So we'll see a, a refocused uh, Alabama. You know, everybody, everybody coming into it was calling Alabama the goat. You know, Saban's the goat. Alabama's the best. How are you going to beat Tua? How can he stop his potent Comparing offense? him to Belichick. Right. So the writing was on the wall for you know Saban to kind of not take take it for granted, but you know, like I said, Dabo Sweeney had his team prepared. Clemson was on the ball. They they lined up their p's and q's, and they knocked it out the park yesterday the other day. And Clemson deserves every bit of this title. And to be started of this so-called dynasty, 2.0. Do yourself a favor and go back and see what people were writing about Dabo Sweeney when he was hired by Clemson. Nobody thought Dabo Sweeney was the right hire at Clemson. Everybody thought that they were making a mistake by hiring him. He had no head coaching experience going into it. Well, all of a sudden, you look at it now, and Dabo Sweeney and Clemson are the best college football program in the country on this day. When we talk about decades and overall history, we're going to have a serious discussion about Alabama and Clemson when this is all said and done. And it's going to be fun to watch. And if you don't like it, I'm kind of tired of hearing about it. Now listen, it's come from a guy that's complained about the Cleveland Cavaliers and the Golden State Warriors being in the NBA Finals for all for all the years in a row. But 
when it comes to this, I guess maybe it's because I am a college baseball coach myself and I love to see how hard it is to keep recruiting and keep bringing in that talent. But at the end of the day, saddle up, ladies and gentlemen. It's actually going to be a fun series because you better believe these two teams are going to be the front runners next year. And then you better believe the next year and the next year and the next year until somebody proves it differently. And here's the last thing I got to say to you, Anthony, before we move on. Dabo is recruiting out of state, and that's the difference maker right now. Trevor Lawrence, Georgia. State of Georgia comes to Clemson. Justin Ross, state of Alabama, comes, comes to Clemson. When coaches like Kirby Smart and Nick Saban are losing in-state recruits to an out-of-state school, Dabo and Clemson, that is a serious problem for those SEC schools moving forward. But and it's a huge plus for Clemson because now it shows other kids in those states with our prime recruiting territories, hey, you know what? I can leave state too and go to Clemson because what Dabo and that program have built and are continuing to build there are everything I kind of want. You see a lot of college coaches, you know, what do they do? They up and leave. They they could quickly, you know, grab a job here. They're not so hot at this job, but then they get, you know, granted the offensive coordinator job at this position, but then they jump to the NFL. So, what do some college kids really look for when they, you know, when a coach comes into their living room and talks to their parents and to the family? What do they say, son? I'm going to be here for the next your next four years, and I'm going to mold you into a man. To you know, I'm going to you're going to play in the NFL because you you could you come to Clemson, you come to Alabama. When you have that name, like a Nick Saban, like a Dabo Sweeney, like they're building this culture and this program at, at these schools, and they're a model of consistency. Because you know, you know Dabo Sweeney's not going to go anywhere. He, he'll, he'll be the hot name, obviously. Every NFL coach is, uh, owner is going to want him to be their coach. But he's got it made at Clemson right now. Winning your second title in three years. I mean, this dude walks on water. When does that happen? Because you know it's not going to happen this year. And you know Dabo's not leaving Clemson right now. But... Does it get to a point? I mean, listen, we saw Saban go the other way. Obviously, I've talked about it from a Dolphins fan standpoint. We saw Saban go from the NFL back to college. Do you ever foresee? Now, you saw Cliff Kingsbury, obviously, and other college coaches up for jobs in the NFL. Do you foresee Dabo in the near future getting those interviews? I'm sure. Listen, if, if you're a, a you know an NFL owner or GM, you have to kick the tires. I mean that mind is, is is pure gold right now. He's obviously a college commodity, but I I think he's committed. I think he wants to beat Nick Saban. I think he wants you know you know Nick Saban took over that role of of, of beating you know Bear Bryant's overall record, his titles and whatnot. You know Dabo's got I think what two now. Saban's got six, seven, whatever it is. So you're gonna see Dabo's gonna want to chase Nick Saban, and as, I think as long as Nick Saban stays in the Alabama in the college ranks. I think Dabo will, will continue to build this legacy at Clemson. And why not? Because he's getting studs like Trevor Lawrence, Justin Ross, Dexter uh, Lawrence, even though he kind of got knucklehead, got caught doing something he shouldn't have. And at the end of the day, if other dudes in college are getting NFL interviews, how is it that Dabo would never get an NFL interview? I just think that he's made it known, his agents made it known, that, hey, listen, don't even come up this street because it's not going to happen. Right, he's got... Listen, just like Saban, got the boosters in the back pocket. Saban had his mortgage paid off the first year he went to Alabama. You know, first title after he brought Alabama, they're like, "Oh, you're the best." You're, you know, now he walks on water. Same thing. I guarantee my man Dabo Sweeney never has to buy a drink in South Carolina ever again.
100%. And by the way, if you want to know who the winners of our college football pick'em pool was, you need to head over to our Instagram live. Well, it's up there. We got two winners of the Dab Podcast pick'em pool. You got to go get those names. And if you're listening to this and you're saying, hey, I was in that pool and I want to find out if I won, hit the Instagram live and also... Just as a side note, some big news on there about next Tuesday's next excuse me next week's episode as well. Listen, we promise free gear. Winners are getting free gear, free dab gear. Represent the logo, get the name brand out there, and hell, maybe it'll help us out, and you'll hear more of us on a daily basis. And that's really what we're ultimately trying to do here. Well, all right, so it's kind of crazy that we're closing the book on college football season, but what that means, Mr. Rinaldi, get is ready for have, the draft, Edro. Oh, we have the draft, but more so than anything else, because I guess well, that's where your Giants fandom is at right now. Oh, the sixth pick, Edro. We got NFL playoffs coming up, Mr. Rinaldi, and I'm fired up to talk about that. But you know, we can't get there without our new favorite segment, headlines. Give it to me. All right, all right. Headlines. Here we go. Remember, hit us at dabpodcast at gmail.com if you want to become the official presenting sponsor of Headlines. All right, Mr. Rinaldi, here we go. I got three of them for you this week, okay? The first one, a lot of head coaches being hired. A lot were fired, so now a lot have to be hired in the NFL. We had two pretty big ones. First, the Arizona Cardinals, Cliff Kingsbury. We just mentioned him before. College coach moving to the NFL. A lot of controversy around him. And then Bruce Arians to the Buccaneers. Weird one, though. He had to come out of retirement, so he was technically traded from the Cardinals to the Buccaneers to become their head coach. Todd Bowles, former head coach of the Jets, possibly the defensive coordinator there. And then lastly, Vic Fangio and Mike Munchak in the last Two spots for the Broncos. They're going to make a decision by Wednesday night. Some interesting stuff in the NFL. Uh, yeah, Andrew, come on. Uh, retreads. I'm not really... Where's Mike McCarthy going? Is John Harbaugh staying with the Ravens? I think he's the hot to- you know, He's the hot commodity. Because I'm not really... I'm not excited about Nick Fangio. I'm not excited about Cliff Kingsbury. Whatever no? his name is. Cliff Clavin. Kick, you know, Cliff Kingsbury, you're right. I'm not even... You know, it's it's... Ah, I, I mean, okay, a lot of teams need to hire coaches, but I don't think I don't think that name's out there. Jim who would Harbaugh, you want, real quick? Who would I want? I mean, John John Harbaugh is the toast of the town. If, but if, you just said retread. That's a retread. I know, but he is the best coach of, I think out there. That w- that would be because him and the Ravens kind of left on, on shaky ground. You're not really sure what what the deal is. So if, if I'm the Jets. I'm trading the third pick maybe for for John Harbaugh. All right, we'll see. I like where your head's at, though. Anthony outside the box doesn't want retreads, but he will retread John Harbaugh. All right, how about this one, then? Dwayne Haskins has declared for the NFL draft. The 6'3", 220-pound quarterback from Ohio State, 70% completion percentage last season, 4,831 yards, 50 TDs, two eight interceptions. Only started for one year, but the New York Giants and him have been tied a lot. He's a kid from New Jersey. You want him? I mean, he's coming home. That would be something to to write about. You draft him. You have Eli play out his last year, or you know, obviously Eli needs to take a ten million dollar haircut, <laughs> and then we can, you know, if he says no, then you slide Haskins in. You see what you got. But I mean, it it, it does fit. It does seem like it's a good match. It looks like the Giants are going to have to do a lot of moving up. I would say you they got to make a trade. What do we What do we have that a team doesn't have? The, the number three pick, the Jets. We have a lot of draft equity. They don't because they lost their second draft pick. Let's call the Jets. We helped them get their franchise quarterback last year. We drafted Saquon. They got Sam. Hey, you do us a favor. Trade us. We'll, we'll, we'll flop third and sixth pick. We'll give you our second round pick. What else we got to give you? 
Let us get number three, and we'll grab Dwayne Haskins. And now both New York teams have their future franchise quarterbacks. Andrew. I love it, Mr. Rinaldi. Outside the box, maybe the Mets and the Yankees. So two outside the box for the two headlines. I love where you're at today. Last one before we move forward. I think this is pretty cool. Colorado State head coach Mike Bobo. Not many people might know who Mike Bobo is. Well, you should know who he is now because he declined a $100,000 bonus from Colorado State because they finished 3-9 and nine this season. He said this. This is an administration that stood behind me and I felt like we didn't live up to our end of the deal, Bobo said. I wanted to make a statement to our players that we're in this together and we've got to be accountable starting with me. Anthony, that is probably one of the coolest things I've heard out of a head coach. That is, I mean, it's kudos to Mike, Mike, is his first name? Mike, Mike Bobo. Bobo. That is a great name. Listen, great name. Great football name. My, I, would, I would gladly have my son play for that man. He's setting the example. I'm hoping that some booster at Colorado State heard this, figured it out, and they'll slip him that 100K elsewhere. But uh, I'm, I'm glad that uh, listen, 100K to 100K. <laughs> it's you know, gonna happen somehow. So listen, he's it's a, college it's a, football. A, <laughs> duffel it's bag, college sports. Yeah, put the cash in the bag, throw it under the bleachers. Let my man go pick it up Straight after practice. Straight cash, homie. That's it. Secure the bag, Mike Bobo. But again, kudos, well done. Set that example. Uh, hopefully, you hear a lot of good things out of the Pac-12 in Colorado State and Mike Bobo's program pretty soon. And I love it because the administration back me, including the AD, saying, hey, we love that we have a guy like that at the helm of our program. All right, Mr. Rinaldi, that puts an end to today's headlines. Remember, ladies and gentlemen, if you want to become the sponsor of headlines, hit us at dadpodcast at gmail.com because we need those things. Get on the... Listen, if you want hundreds of listeners, thousands of people, thousands of ears to hear what you have to push these people, jump on the Dad Podcast. People want to know what, what, what we're pushing, and we'll gladly push your product for you. And I mean, remember, at digmenation.com, you use promo code DIGTHEDAB, D-A-A-B, you receive percentages off your next purchase. We got people telling us that they're buying Digme all over the place from all parts of the country. Shout out our listeners in Arizona. Yeah. Kudos to you buying the Digme gear. Yeah. Now run over to Squad Locker and buy the Dab gear. Yeah, true. And also, you know, hit us on the social media because we'd love to see some photos of you and we'd love to meet you and, and give us your input on the show. Well, I guess it is time for that NFL input, that playoff input. I know it's hard for you and I because... I think we're still still real fans of our NFL teams that like we do feel some type of way when our teams aren't in the playoffs. But much like most of my teams, I've gotten used to watching playoff sports without my team in there. So now I'm an objective observer. Well, I got no dog in this fight. The only thing I want is that the Patriots don't win this weekend. I think you could agree with me. So, I mean, let's make this as easy as possible. We're going to go game by game here, Mr. Rinaldi, because I just kind of want your opinion on where we're at. So, we're going to start with the games that aren't teaser, teaser, our what-do-you-got picks, because why wouldn't we what-do-you-got pick head-to-head on Divisional Weekend? I hate what-do-you-got. You love what-do-you-got. The worst segment, worst <laughs> programming ever created on Genius. History we have of people podcasting. sending us messages from across the globe saying, we need more what-do-you-got. We need Alfred Hitchcock to fill out his brackets. Alfred Hitchcock. When he signs up for dab programming tournaments yeah how how do you sign up for a tournament and then not fill out the picks and listen I'm, thanks for your thanks for producing thanks for the numbers there alfred we appreciate your help there. it's like when the mets announced oh 35,622 in attendance really because i see like 10 that 000. was yeah 35,000 tickets were sold right right but they didn't show up another team thanks uh, for contributing alfred you thought it was a soccer pick them 
Hey, maybe next time. Hey, thank you for the number of 13 people that joined in. Another team that's probably has a lot of that going on is the Los Angeles Chargers. And they have been a predominantly fantastic road team now, including the playoffs, 8-1 and one on the road. They went to Baltimore last week, beat the emerging Lamar Jackson and the Baltimore Ravens. Now they got the biggest test probably of all time and possibly the last real career-defining chance for Phillip Rivers because you and I both know in football, there's in any sport really, but football especially, there's no guarantee on what could happen next year. And Phillip Rivers at this stage in his career needs to needs that statement win. And this could be that statement win. You just wonder if will Tom Brady and Bill Belichick, who every Super Bowl they've ever won, every Super Bowl they've ever been to, they've had to buy. You think, I just don't know if history is going to repeat itself. The Chargers are one of the teams, surprise teams, that are, are playing so well that, you know, this this game against Tom Brady, you know, it's, it, it, you can't say it's Tom Brady versus Phillip Rivers because obviously they don't play against each other. But, I mean, when, it, when you boil it down, I think weather's going to be a big factor in this game because I think, there may be a chance, a good chance of some snow, at least precipitation, uh, depending on how cold it gets in Boston. It could be rain or it could be five inches of snow, I heard. So that'll be fun. You know, Phillip Rivers, uh, L.A. boy, not if really. You're taking, if that happens, you're taking the Patriots all day. I mean, listen, but Melvin Gordon, if the run game shows up, he might. Listen, the Chargers, they had a great game plan. Shout out to that D coordinator. They had a great game plan against Lamar Jackson. And, you saw, and, and I always said to myself that, even if Baltimore got past the Chargers, Bill Belichick would not allow a running quarterback to beat him. And you saw the, the Chargers played Baltimore th- week 14 or week 13 and got steamrolled by Lamar Jackson and his and the, the run pass option. I mean, he really didn't pass the ball. He just really ran th- right through you. And that's really all he's been. But when, when you see a defense is disciplined, they stay in their lanes and they mark their guy, that, that running quarterback can't do anything. And, and you he- saw Lamar Jackson for three quarters – Put up what minus thirteen yards passing, which is almost unheard of. I mean, if it wasn't for that Tampa two soft prevent defense that that the Chargers played, that game should have been a blowout. Chargers should have blew out the Ravens. But it's almost like they use their holding the ball so long as the Ravens' offensive plan to their benefit as the Chargers because they're like, all right, they're down so much in this game, it's going to be so hard for them to come back. It's almost like we want them to keep running their offense normally. Fine, hold the football for nine and a half minutes because that's that's our the clock's our best friend right now. And you see where the Lamar Jackson development needs to be. The curiosity question comes, right, what happens with Flacco now, right? Is, is Flacco probably done in Baltimore? Yes, because Harbaugh said, Lamar Jackson's their quarterback moving forward. Where does Flacco go? Who want who might want Flacco? And is is that where Harbaugh's going to stay ultimately? I, I think yeah, you heard Harbaugh, he hitched his wagon to Lamar Jackson. He said Joe will have a phenomenal, you know, career elsewhere. You know, he's a consummate pro, and I think he will. Uh frankly, I don't I think he'll just go right up to the right down the turnpike or up the turnpike wherever you got to go. Geography wasn't my major, but you know, <laughs> the the Redskins need a quarterback. So uh, you know, that that's a perfect fit. Cold weather team, you know, understands that you know you, that, that. I mean, listen, another, another version of Alex Smith. Exactly. I mean, right. I mean <laughs> he had that one great run in the playoffs. Won a Super Bowl. He's a Super Bowl winning exactly. quarterback. Exactly. So that those don't always shake off the tree. So if he does happen to get released by the Ravens, which you think is going to happen, there'll be at least twelve, ten to twelve teams. I think will be quickly, quickly calling his agent, knocking down his door. Hey, Tay Joe, come play for us. Your Dolphins could be one of those teams. So could your Giants. 
Exactly. I mean, he's a he's a younger version of Eli. Um, is that the route we go? Because for the Giants, you you need somebody to bridge one to two years, possibly. Three-year gap. Exactly. Three-year deal. I mean, listen, I prefer Eli over Joe Flacco. That's just my giant bias. But, I mean, Joe's, Joe's a, Joe is your average, a little better average quarterback. The same thing with Eli. Eli's a little better, you know, this year, play a little better. His numbers may show you a little different, and his gameplay may show you a little different. And you'll say, yeah, how the hell you can call Eli an above-average quarterback? What might he do with those weapons, though? Listen, what what might Eli do with those weapons if he gave him a healthy old line? And if I mean, listen, we can't go back and rewrite history. We drafted last year our number two pick, a running back, and where did it lead us? Dude had almost, dude was one of three rookies to ever amass two thousand yards from line of scrimmage. So much got Eli us to five loves. and eleven. <laughs> Thanks, Saquon. He got us to five and eleven. He won you three more games than last year, two That's more true. games than last year. That's true. And frankly, hopefully, like we talked about in headlines, Dwayne Haskins, the Giants, it's a match made in heaven. Saquon was a Jersey boy coming home. Well, from New York, I should say. Haskins is a Jersey boy coming home to play. Let's get New Jersey. You know, Let's get the tri-state area represented for, the, for football in this area and turn it around because, frankly, I don't want to be talking about the draft right now when we have divisional round playoffs to be talking about. All right, I was going to say that. We have all the time in the world to dissect that, but it's going to be a fun conversation moving forward. For the team that beat the Char- beat, excuse me, the Ravens, the Chargers, now, what's the key to winning this football game? Because I think, in my opinion, it's coaching. I, I think the talent on both sides of the ball for the Chargers is there, and I think that they can travel, even into cold weather. They've proved they could travel everywhere this year as a California team. So that's a little bit of a less of a concern for me, but it's coaching. Can you outcoach Bill Belichick and his staff? That That's a tall task for, for Lynn and his staff. Uh but I, I believe that the Chargers are going to have to not turn the ball over. And you saw Phillip Rivers, he turned the ball over against Baltimore in their first matchup, that first play, that first pass, I think, for pick six, or at least an interception. And you saw him, they played a clean. They, they played a cleaner game last weekend, and they were victorious. And I think to keep, to keep Tom Brady off the field, you're going to need, like I said, Melvin Gordon. You know, you have Austin Eckler. He's a little banged up. You get that rookie, Justin Jackson. He's also another young fellow that came through at the end of the season that really stepped up when you lost Melvin Gordon. And I think this is it. I'm, I'm rooting for Phillip Rivers here. You know, I want to see Phillip Rivers. I'm tired of seeing New England in the, every year win, win the AFC, AFC East, go to the AFC Championship, and play for a stupid Super Bowl. If this is, if this is like the ninth or tenth time Belichick plays for Super Bowl, I'm done with it, Andrew. I'm done with it. This is truthfully the only time, too. I actually feel like in the last 10 to 15 years, they've looked like not themselves. Because of some mistakes we've seen them make, we saw them lose two in a row in December, something they've never done. And I just feel like it's a shakier team. I don't think Gronk is Gronk anymore. I don't think he's the impact guy. I don't know where their impact wide receiving core is going to come from. now. I get, but again, that's why I go back to it. It's the coaching, though. Can the young coach... In L.A., outcoach the old veteran coach in New England. That, to me, is the difference maker because, again, the talent lines up. But will the game plan line up? And then you factor in the weather. And so badly do I want the Chargers, but I just have to tell you, it in my mind, it's the Patriots. Again, it, until I'm proven otherwise. But shit, Ant, this is legacy-defining stuff for Phillip Rivers. If he doesn't win this football game... I don't know if he's getting back to this point. He, he said it best in his last interview. Like He said, 
you know, we have the defense. Special teams is playing great. Offense is clicking. And, you know, the way that, the way he's going to have to play is he's going to have to step up and make the plays. Because, you know, his wide receivers aren't nothing special. Uh, similar to Tom Brady. He doesn't have the weapons that some of these other quarterbacks have the luxury of having. But, like you said, Phillip Rivers has been in the league since 2004. Came in with Eli, came in with Roethlisberger. Those two guys have proven time and time again, both with two rings. Four that, combined that, rings, man. That they can win, A, when it's cold out, and B, in crunch time. And you saw Phillip Rivers command that huddle yes, uh, last weekend and really drive the, those Los Chargers to a victory against the Baltimore Ravens. And dude's about to have his ninth kid, so I like his chances at finally beating Tom Brady and Belichick because I like San Diego's defense. San Diego, hello. I like the Chargers' defense a lot more this, this go-around than years past because they have the speed, they have the edge, edge rushers, and what's a great way to beat Tom Brady? Smack him in the face. And, and doesn't it feel like every time we talk about history-defining stuff, career-changing, organization-changing, culture-changing championships, it has to go through Tom Brady and Bill Belichick. To me, it's almost fitting. It's like, you know what, Phillip Rivers? You know what, Peyton Manning? You know what, Philadelphia Eagles? And you know what, Eli Manning's legacy? Without having to go through the Patriots, your legacy almost doesn't feel like it's as fitting as it is. And that's why I feel like Phillip Rivers, if he goes on and wins this Super Bowl, or at least gets to this Super Bowl, or gets through this Patriots team, it's going to be like what we were talking about with Peyton Manning, because that was the bugaboo with them in Indianapolis. They couldn't get through Belichick, Brady, and the Pats. And and that was the old-school, hard-hitting defense of the New England Patriots. Almost a little bit of a different style of football where their offense, I feel like, was not as vertical because they they didn't have... I mean, they had to eventually go through Randy Moss, the Giants getting tangent wise either way that's what i'm seeing now is i almost feel like it is history allowing philip rivers the chance it's like here it's here you got to go through new england as everyone else has to cement their legacy that's right that's kind of like this one stepping stone to get to the mountaintop is you got to beat tom brady and belichick you got to beat the, the the goat and the goat you know coaching goat quarterback goat and frankly this is this is their opportunity, and I think you know maybe Bill Belichick loses his game, maybe he's out in in New England. You know, I, there's a reason Josh McDaniels is not taking any phone calls. But Bo- Bo- Bobby Kraft, Robert Kraft, told him, whispered in his ear, "It's your job once we get rid of Bill." So, I think if this is Bill's last hurrah, if they wouldn't. He he walks off into the sunset. You know, that's it. But I I have a feeling. I'm not impressed with the Patriots. Here I am. I'm not impressed with them. They still got the second seed overall. Still got a home buy. Thanks, AFC East. Yeah. And <laughs> they've won the AFC East since 1957. So it hasn't, <laughs> hasn't really made a difference. But it's hard to go against Belichick and Brady. But I want to ride the Chargers. I want to see something new. Uh, as much as we see Clemson, Alabama, we talked about the repetitive and the NBA. I don't want to see the Patriots again in the freaking Super Bowl. I just don't want to see it, Andrew. I'm sure you don't want to see the Eagles in the Super Bowl again either, huh? Oh my God, bro. Shut up. Nick Foles does it again. I am going to punch somebody in the mouth. If the Eagles... I don't know who, but someone's getting punched right in the mouth. If the e- I hope we're not podcasting that day. If the Eagles go to New Orleans and win that football game... That's a live football game can, right there. Can, can you imagine? 
That's false magic. Could you imagine if they go into the Superdome? I understand going to L.A. and, and beating the Rams. I understand what they've been able to do on their playoff runs. I understand what they did last year to get to the Super Bowl. I, I had to, win, to beat the Patriots. I understand what they did this weekend, beating the number one defense in the league in Chicago on a terrible night. I get all of it. But if they go to the Superdome and beat Drew Brees, Sean Payton, and the Saints on the road with Nick Foles, I don't know, man, but I almost kind of want Nick Foles to be the the quarterback of the Dolphins then next year. All right, listen, Nick Foles is going to get 20 mil. If he beats the Saints, hopefully he, if he does beat the Saints, they don't go to the Super Bowl again because that'll just be a Imagine nightmare. if the Cowboys and that'll, the Eagles play in the NFC Championship game. I, 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 I don't, I'd want to tie, maybe. I didn't know who to root for. <laughs> a tie. I know who to root for there. I, If Nick Foles, I think the man's going to get paid $20 million a year. He's going to get three years, $60 million guaranteed from somebody. And frankly, at 30 years old, if he wins another one, two Super Bowls, I mean, I think there's just something in that that Philly air when, when he comes to play because you saw it in the beginning of the year. He he looked like he looked like Ryan Fitzpatrick, just your average average Joe quarterback. But come playoff time, when the when, when the money's on the table and it's it's the hot that's the hot take, Philadelphia just shows up, and you know thanks to a lucky you know missed kick. Every other team that goes in, but for for stupid Philadelphia Eagles, gets the curse off their back last year, and now they get double doink, history making missed field goals, and say la vie. There's history written all over again. And now, I gotta tell you something cool before I need before we go into the Saints and and talk about the other side of the football with who the Eagles have to go through. There's a bar in Chicago. That is doing something very cool. They're offering free beer to any fan that can hit a 43-yard field goal. What they're going to do is they're going to set up a field goal outside of their brewery. And any fan can come and try to make the field goal. It's Goose Island Beer. okay? And here's what they tweeted out on their Twitter regarding this contest. And Cody Parkey missing the field goal for the Chicago Bears. Deep breath. We think we're finally okay with talking about yesterday's game. A lot of armchair kickers on here saying that they could hit that field goal, which we find doubtful. We're gonna sit there on they're gonna you're gonna sit there on your throne of potato chips and vape pens and criticize these dudes' athleticisms. Get real. So you know what we're gonna do? Build a dang field goal post in the middle of the street outside of our brewery, and all you pro athletes can come out and prove us wrong. This weekend, during normal tap room hours, we'll have a chance for you to show off your kicking skills. Hit the 43-yard field goal, and you'll win beer for a year in eternal glory. More info coming soon. Also, it was tipped. Here are the rules for the challenge. You must be 21 years old to enter. You only get one kick. It's from 43 yards. There's only limited spots. It's going to happen on January 12th. You need to tell your brother-in-law this, man. You need you need it. You need yeah, to get listen, on that. Mr. Bonagora, listen. <laughs> we need to get you out to uh, Chicago. out there, get some free beer. Hey, we got, we got an address here. There you go. All right, we're going to put a phone call in after this show. The winner must pick up the prize at Fulton Street Brewery. That's fine. We're flying him out there, so he'll be there. He's got to kick the field goal anyways. And all final rules, all, all rules from Goose Island are final. There is no debating any of this. I think that is pretty freaking cool because that's 100% right. None of us. Well, besides your brother-in-law, could kick a 43-yard field goal and just, just step up there and, and and without any of that pressure put on us, let alone what was going on in that game. And oh, by the way, he made one. They just blew the whistle because they called timeout, and it was tipped. 
I I mean, listen, the, the Bears, stop complaining. You asked for it. The dudes hit like six crossbars previously the whole season. Find a different kicker. Not even. What do you want me to tell you? They found another kicker and he still hit the crossbar. What do you want me to tell you? Listen, Cody Parkey, he's not trying to miss the field goal. Unfortunately for him, he hit the crossbar. He hit two balls. He hit the side bar, hit the crossbar, and the double doink. He's hit, he made history. But that's a cool story. And the man sat at his locker and owned it. And owned it. I mean, respect. I gotta People respect could that. Run, you're a kicker. You could run away from that. I mean, he had he died, I think he had 3.5 million reasons why he sat at his sure. locker. And his teammates had his back. And I think it's pretty cool because a, a pretty big staple in the city of Chicago has his back. And I, I just think that's the, I wish I lived in Chicago because I would 100% be there for signups. And I would 100% try and kick my way to free beer for an entire year. And the eternal glory sounds cool, too. Uh, yeah, yeah, more so just because you like free beer. That's a good point. So, so, so we're going to talk to Mr. Bonagora, who has been a guest host of this show. That's right. And we're going to see if we can get him out there. And, and you know what? If maybe he goes, we'll have him to bring the Dab Podcast gear. He, he, I, my man just got Dab Podcast long sleeve Under Armour shirt with Bonagora on the back. It's perfect. Perfect for the competition. Let's go. Sign, I'm going to sign him up right now on Twitter. That's what I'm talking about. All right. So the Saints have a lethal offense, but they have a dang good defense this year too. And that's what I'm trying to figure out. They're going to score on the turf. I feel like automatically, whenever the Saints are playing at home, I assume, as long as Teddy Bridgewater is not starting, that they're going to score 21 points at a minimum. It's hard for me to find 21 points for the Philadelphia Eagles, regardless of the Nick Foles magic or not. Can you find those points anywhere in that offensive scheme? Nick Foles got you 15, 16 points last game. If I, but it's the if, best if defense my, in the league. If my math stands corrected. Yeah, listen, I... The Saints are not the Bears defensively, and you had mentioned the home field advantage that New Orleans brings. So I I tend to agree with you. You're going to need upwards of 20, 24 to 27 points, I feel like, to take down the Saints. Uh, obviously, when the Cowboys played the Saints a few weeks ago, that was, I think, in Jerry's world, also in a dome. But that Cowboy defense is, is nothing to sneeze at. But but it was the away thing. But you're right. To beat Philadelphia is you got to throw on them. And I don't know what... The, the game plan Matt Nagy had in the Bears for Philadelphia, but it seemed like they weren't attacking those DBs where they are so banged up, where they are so weak. You know, that front seven for Philadelphia, there's nothing to sneeze at. So if if I'm New Orleans, as, as much as Alvin Kamara and Mark Ingram are studs, I am throwing the ball. I am throwing the ball. Drew Brees is going to have 35 to 40 plus passes at least in this game. And you know I'm gonna be throwing these these late swing passes and these quick uh, wide receiver bubble screens, attacking the the Philadelphia defense because they're Philadelphia is known. Uh, who's that? Uh, the coach who he's coached the Lions, D coordinator Schwartz. Yep. For the line uh, for for Philly, dude's always been aggressive. Jim Schwartz. Always known to be aggressive. Always owns the blitz. So you attack that blitzer and um, Alvin Kamara have a. I think Alvin Kamara's going to have a big day in the passing game. Yeah, you're going to have to so use much him the running the backfield. Game. Absolutely. Because Fletcher Cox ain't nothing to mess with. Yeah. Aaron Donald's a stud D, you know, D tackle everyone talks right. about. But Fletcher Cox holds his own. That's a man. That's a man right there. That's a man. And and that defense is good. And at the bottom line, the team's playing well at the right time. Again, I just don't know. And you're right. And I think the key was Golden Tate obviously came up huge in the passing game late for the Eagles. That trade was well worth it for that single play. Well worth it. And him, Alshon Jeffrey, and Zach Ertz, 
That's an unreal combination, but I really feel like the X factor, Darren Sproles is going to have to get into the end zone. I really do feel that way. Or a running back is going to have to have an impact on this game for Philly. You know that those three guys, Ertz, Tate, and Alshon Jeffrey are going to be the keys to that offense. Who is the X factor? Who is the difference maker, the wrinkle that Peterson and this offense can come up with to keep the Saints on their toes? What are we learning about all of this playoff football? college or professional. It's about the way these teams put in wrinkles and the way they change their schemes so that they can do something different than what they did for 17 weeks of the regular season. That to me, and I, I guess maybe I'm just, I just keep coming back to coaching, but I feel like maybe more so than ever now in today's football in general, not just professional, college too, the coaching is so key and the game planning is so key. It's going to be a great matchup for you. Know, you want to see coaching? Isn't Sean Payton? He is a a, a a mad scientist when it comes to offensive creativity. And like you said, that defense has turned it around for New Orleans. You know they're going to be pinning their ears back because they know that the running game for Philadelphia is is suspect. Not, you know they don't stand out. There's a bunch of guys. They got they got that Clement guy. They got Sproles. They got the uh, I forgot the other gentleman. His name is last name is Jones. I mean, so they they literally have a litany of guys that they throw at you. But not one true, you know, tailback that's gonna, you know, carry the workload. And, and you know why I probably feel that way, and I think you're gonna agree with me on this. It's because all these guys now are so specialized. It's not just throw a guy on the field. Hey, you know what? I need you to do multiple things today, or I just need you to pin your ears back and just go play gritty, dirty football. You got to put them in the right position to succeed. This guy's a nickelback. This guy's a, only a cornerback in certain plays. This guy's a slot receiver. This guy's not an outside guy. He's only a third down running back. It's so specialized. That's why I think I feel that way. Because again, if you put a, a guy that can't block. In a, in a situation where you need a big-time block picked up from a linebacker that's rushing your quarterback, that's all on the coaching staff because that player's not running out there expecting to be in that position because the coaching staff is supposed to know he can't block rather than in the old days where it was, hey, who's my running back? Oh, he's also going to block when I need him to block on passing downs? Yeah, that's what he's going to do. Now you have three different running backs for three different things, four different wide receivers for six different things, tight ends are receivers. I got no idea what to call them anymore. You got tight ends taking handoffs. You got quarterbacks and re receivers are throwing TDs all over the place. So it's just so crazy the way these schemes work. And, you know, that, that Philly, Philly special play, you know, Doug Peterson dials it up all the time at the right time. You know, wide receiver to quarter, of it. wide receiver to quarterback. Every team is running in it now. And, and like you said, I mean, you said it before about the running backs, the old school. You know, not many teams. There are a handful of teams. The the, the Rams have Todd Gurley. He's on the field 90% of the time because, you know, he'll, he'll pick up the blitz. He'll catch the ball out of the backfield. I want to say, you know, the Giants have that in Saquon. But he, they're in the playoffs. They're probably the only team that has a good running back not in the playoffs. Cowboys have Ezekiel Elliott. You know they're gonna have to they have to pay that man. That man's definitely gonna secure the bag. And his After load his, will have to decrease a hair. Uh, it's gonna have to. But I mean, listen, listen, you ride that bull till hundred percent, hundred percent. You ride that buck till she bucks you. You know what I mean? Yep. So and but you're right. Like Philly's gonna throw a, a whole slew of guys at you. They have Ertz. You can't double Ertz because then you have Al, big Alshon Jeffrey just gonna box you out. They also have that other that other t t uh, stud t uh, tight end Goddard, I believe his last name is. He he's a great blocking tight end, and he'll come out of the flat out of nowhere, be wide open, sixty yards on the field touchdown. So Philly's definitely gonna bring all the noise, bring the gadget plays, because that's what you have to do when you're playing a a crazy team like New Orleans, because they're gonna put up points, 
It's going to be loud in that building. So you know it's you're going to have to bring everything you got. All right, Mr. Rinaldi. I think this is like my new favorite thing now because betting is legal in the state of New Jersey. The over under is 50 and a half. How do you feel about that? 50 and a half. Wow. Uh, I think, I mean, listen, that's just 26-25. You're covered. You're good, you're good to go. I think it goes over. Yeah. I think it goes way over. I mean, listen, defense, I mean, listen, you, you would have thought two great defenses, you know, Chicago defense, Philly defense, they only scored 31 points. So you could tell that. But in a cold environment yeah, in Chicago. In the dome. In a dome. Going back to what you said earlier, I don't, I don't know how the Eagles find 20, 24, 27 points, to tell you the truth. So... I like the I like the Saints in this game. I like the Saints actually. I actually like that number. I I, I can see the Saints winning like twenty eight twenty two. Yeah, tell you the truth. Like right, like not really blowing them out, but maybe Eagles get a backdoor cover late. You know, try to get the outside kick. It doesn't happen. But I think the, I think the, I think the Saints are good for thirty. I could see a backdoor cover. That's what I was gonna say too. Like the Saints give me thirty one, and the Eagles hit a tutty late and give you like fifty one. Yeah, so you're down thirty one sixteen. You get a late score to bring sure. it in. You know, yeah. Right. The right. back love the backdoor. But cover. but but I I knew going in that number is gonna be high and the Saints are laying eight in that game, so it's a lot of points. It's it a lot of points. Opened at ten probably and all the sharp betters bet that heavy. Loving the Eagles. Cause I'm telling you, I don't I, I would take the points if I'm a betting man. You know, Mr. Rinaldi, I've heard that a lot of the sharp betters have been taking my what do you got picks and winning a lot of money on them. What do you got? That is how much of a roll I'm what on do you right now. Got you remember that still so a segment on the show? Stupid, Andrew. <laughs> All right. What do you got? It is what do you got. Again, hey, dabpodcast at gmail.com. If you want to become the official sponsor of the what do you got segment, it is our longest standing segment since we started this podcast some one year ago. I went some deep. 362 days. Yes, sir. We are, we are so close to that exact day anniversary. Listen. I went deep into the archives to get our records on the uh, what do you got situation here. So here's what I got. Last time we were together, I was 39 and 36. You were 35 and 40. Okay? Mm -hmm. I picked Lamar Jackson and Baltimore versus the Chargers. You picked the Giants versus the Colts and Saquon Barkley. That week, which was week 16 of the NFL season, Lamar went 12 of 22 to 104 yards and one TD. Most passing yards of his entire career. The Baltimore Ravens won that game. The Giants lost 28-27 to the Colts. Saquon, worst day of the year. 21 rushes, 43 yards, and a TD. Not many yards out of the backfield receiving-wise. So, I got two points to move myself to 41-36. and 36, Five games over 500. And you moved yourself to 35-42. and 42. Pretty good. Pretty, pretty good. Pretty hard. We're playing golf, right? Lower score wins. We are playing a version of golf. Who can get the closest to the 500 mark? Closest to the pin. Right. You know my. You know what. You know what. Uh, Alfred Hitchcock sent us on Instagram. Oh, what did he send us? He said he loves uh, we update our record. So on the Rome Solo Friday dab, I went on a rant about how the Dolphins are stuck in 500 hell, and I don't want the Dolphins stuck in 500 hell anymore. And he sent me a DM on Instagram saying that mine and your what do you got scores are stuck in 500 hell. Wow. <laughs> Talk, coming from the guy who doesn't fill out his bracket. Didn't All fill right. out his bracket. <laughs> All right. His bracket choices are, are in one in 500 hell right His now. daughter could have picked a better scores. He, that, 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 that might be true, actually. All right. 
You want first? You want me first on this one? Listen, you are the you are five games over five hundred, sir. Go ahead. You you can roll it off if you like. Tell me, Andrew, what do you got? All right. Well, if you've noticed, one we teased it, but two we didn't talk about two of the NFL games coming up this weekend. The Saturday jump offs are what we're picking the head to head in the what do you got? I'm going with the Rams versus the Cowboys. That's the late game on Saturday. That's an eight fifteen start. I'm taking the Rams in this one, and I'm taking Jared Goff. But here's the deal, Mr. Rinaldi. We all know why this is a gigantic game for both sides of the ball. The Cowboys have been under much scrutiny all year. They were in a terrible spot. People were calling for Jason Garrett's head. Now, all of a sudden, they've won the NFC East. They've won a home playoff game. Now, they travel to L.A. to play possibly their hardest test all year. And the Rams. We also know the Rams side of things. 13-3. and The Rams are a good football team. They hosted a home playoff game last year. They lost it. Jared Goff. And Sean McVay, Todd Gurley, Aaron Donald in that defense, it is your time to show me that you are a legit football team. I truly believe that this is the where the end of the line is for the Dallas Cowboys. I just don't think Dak Prescott can get you over that hump if the cornerback for really the secondary for the Rams is able to play, you're able to get pressure on Dak Prescott, and you're able to slow that running game down into Ezekiel Elliott. I think that can happen, but it's gut check time, Jared Goff. That is the key to this football game. Is Jared Goff ready to step up and go do, and I know it's two different levels, but go do what Trevor Lawrence did for Clemson the other night. Go just win the football game for your team. When the coaching staff puts you in a good position to hit a receiver down the line or up the middle or move the change or make smart decisions, go do that for your football team, Jared Goff, and prove that you're the guy that L.A. drafted. Because remember now, we're getting to a point now where it's proved to us who you are. We're in our third third season of Jared Goff. Much like we talk about Mariota and much like we talk about Jameis Winston, hey, you're about to enter your fifth year. Who are you? Are you good enough or are you not? Jared Goff's towing that line, and if he doesn't win this football game, I think there are going to be a few question marks about him in the offseason, whether or not he can win a big game. Jared Goff. That is an interesting pick, Andrew. I'm nervous about this. I'm nervous about the Rams. I have this eerie feeling they're going to be one and done. Not going to go not going to go well for you. I, I hate rooting for the Cowboys. I'm not going to. But I don't know, man. That's just that defense is suspect. That back of the defense can be taken advantage of. Um, I like Amari Cooper in this matchup. I think him and Ezekiel Elliott will have a field day. Uh, I'm not impressed with Dak Prescott, but I think defense travels, and I think the Cowboys are going to be up for this game. And uh, I just, for some reason, the, the, the all the Sean McVay love and all the Jared Goff love from the beginning of the year has kind of subsided. They don't look like the juggernaut they were in to start the season. And uh, I I mean, but listen, I, I'm in the back of my head, I hope you go 0-2 for your what do you got pick so I can start catching up to you finally. Well, maybe what could happen is I could be right about the Rams winning, but you could still be right on your what do you got pick and still take the two points. How about that? There you go. So then you don't have to see the Cowboys in the NFC Championship game and you can still get the two points, which you desperately need. All right, well, listen. I do agree with your concerns. That's why I'm picking Jared Goff and the Rams in this game because I want to see if they can answer those questions. Okay? So, since you got the other side of the fence, Mr. Rinaldi, what do you got? What do you got? Let's go. Big boy football. Colts, Chiefs. It's the first game on Saturday. 435. The Chiefs are are laying five and a half points, I think, right as of right now. It's a lot of points, Andrew. I like my Colts. Even though that Pat Mahomes probably going to be 
MVP of the league. Him and Drew Brees fighting, duking it out right now. The Chiefs were rolling. Uh, I don't like the Chiefs at home in the playoffs. I believe they're two and eight. In, Another history bias in division in, in divisional round playoffs. I believe they're two and eight. Uh, Andy Reid is like eleven and fourteen overall in the playoffs. So I'm not. I don't like that matchup. You know, for for the Chiefs aspect because uh, the Colt, like I said, and Andrew Luck easily comeback player of the year. He's playing well. He's making every pass. He can, you know, he's reading every defense, and he's he makes you believe. He's the he, he brought me back to that Stanford Andrew Luck. Won me a lot of bananas in college. That Stanford Andrew Luck. So I appreciate that. And I just like I like the combination. Ebron, uh, Eric Ebron, Marlon Mack running the ball well. T.Y. Hilton, yeah, he's banged up, but he's played every game on his bum ankle, and he produces. He blows his top off defense. I love their young defense of it's players. Good. That's a good defense. And I just. The, Col- the Colts have that magic, and I think they're going to take it to the Chiefs. Like I said, they, they don't perform well at home, and Andrew Luck is on a, on a roll right now. And a good quarterback, playing hot, a, a, a stout defense. And frankly, the Chiefs, you can tell me all you want about Kareem Hunt. The Chiefs Chiefs aren't the same team without Kareem Hunt. Yeah, I, I'm just – I agree. Same reason I said for the Rams, I agree with the Chiefs right now. It's it's going to be can you overcome the history bias? And Andy Reid, can you figure out a way to get over that hump? Now, the difference maker in all of this is the quarterback Andy Reid has under center. I think Patrick Mahomes will end up being the difference maker. I think the Chiefs end up winning this game. I'm, I'm not just picking against the NFC East just because all day I feel like I told the Cowboys they're not going to win. I told the Eagles they're not going to win. I'm not picking against the Chiefs now. In the AFC, I think this is where it comes to an end for Andrew Luck and the Colts. Um, I think it's been a good year. It's been a good run. I think this is the jump start for P. Mahomes and the great career he's going to have and clutch moments. And I also think that Andy Reid puts to bed some of those bugaboos. Andrew Luck received his first playoff victory five years ago, Andrew, against the Kansas City Chiefs. Wow. Thank you very much for that little tidbit. All right, well, we'll see. Can he do it again? This year's Colts, definitely a good football team and a great defense, which we don't see out of them normally. All right, Mr. Rinaldi, it's been it's been a pleasure being back in the, the saddle with you, so to speak, here on episode 51 of the Dab Podcast. 2019, big year for the Dab crew here. Andrew, I was excited to get it started. So, folks, get into it. Get excited. Lots of things coming. Tuesday. Tuesday, folks. Head over to the Instagram so you can see the announcement for Tuesday and also find out who the Dab Podcast Pickums are. Hit the Instagram live. Tuesday, big episode. Big, big episode. Tell your friends. Tell your friends. Download, subscribe. Give us those five-star ratings. Boost the ratings. Andrew, can't wait to talk more sports with you. Twitter. Instagram at Dab Podcast on both. Again, look out for our first article, dabpodcast.com, coming out. We're really excited about that. And again, Instagram live for the announcements. Ladies and gentlemen, Andrew Manella, that was my partner, Anthony Rinaldi. This has been the Dab Podcast, and we are out.